Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Glover's Talk, Somerset Live's weekly podcast discussing all things Yeovil Town Football Club. You joined me for a very special episode. I missed last week's episode. I'm your host, Liam Trim, and I'm back. But we're missing someone else. We're missing Michael Taylor, Mikey yeah. T. And joining me instead, as always, is Stephen Dowbeck. It's just us two. Hi, Stephen. It's, hi, hi, Liam. How are you doing? Well, it's a bit of a... We're all reeling from the bombshell that, that, that Mike's obviously gone off to the Emirates for trials with Arsenal. Yeah, well, good up front, isn't he, in all fairness? So, to, you know, for him to uh, get that opportunity, really, really good for, for his flourishing football career and um, those of us who have ever seen him play will know that but more importantly Liam how are you because we understand you know you you went out to uh, see this uh, Russian uh, nerve gas or that Russian spy incident and then you weren't seen for a few days so can you clear up what happened to you? Well it was um, it's obviously a huge international and and local story for us and you know, um, unfortunately, the, the secret sack prevents me from saying much more. But I am here, and I'm all right, and you're safe, Stephen. Um, That's the main thing. So, yeah, obviously, great news to hear that Mike, an Arsenal fan, if you're a fan of the podcast, you'll have heard that he's always bang on about Arsene Wenger and Arsenal. He's uh, he's probably got a chance to fulfil his dream. But if he's back on the podcast next week, then you'll know that uh, you know he's not fulfilled his dream. So let's hope that we do hear from him next I week. know which uh, way my money's going anyway. Yeah, all right, let's see. Let's, we'll wait for the outcome of that one. But back to serious matters. This is an important episode, as I say, because I've got Stephen just to myself. Normally I run a quiz where Stephen takes on Michael Taylor, and Stephen normally wins, although Mike has got some wins under his belt in the past. And, you know, I just have to warn your ears, listeners, because this week, if Stephen gets a question wrong, I will be punishing him with this sound. So he has to be very careful because if he gets a question wrong, not only will he find that noise irritating, but you guys at home listening will have to put up with that buzzer. You must be the comfort of our listeners this week is in my hands. That, it is. That's, that's it big is. pressure to take on. And all I will reveal about the quiz is that it is related to Yeovil's upcoming international break in adverted commas. So we'll come back to that later. But Stephen, first of all, I want you to tell me your story of the recent weekend because Yeovil at Colchester got a great win. Perhaps they did. expected one, a 1-0 away win, am I right? They did, yes. Yeah. And they, so they've got a nice healthy gap between them and the relegation zone now. So that for that reason, this is already a magical episode. Yeah. And you've proved that you're a magical man in the last few hours where you took on a Harry Potter quiz and got yeah. all 21 questions right. What an achievement, Stephen. Yeah, well, you know, I have many hidden talents. You know, that might be one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So if your Potter knowledge is as good as your football knowledge, the listener's ears will be fine. Yeah, so we, we can hope. We can hope. We can hope. So tell me about, you weren't able to make it to the match in Colchester because of a comedy of errors. Am, it am was, right? um, yeah, it's one way of putting it. It was a... Um, First of all, I'm going to make out there and make clear I, I made it to Colchester, just not to Colchester United Football Club. Oh, Although, so the, the culture of Colchester, yeah, you were able to say I that. was able to enjoy a bit of it before, you know, the weekend took a rather more disastrous turn. So, what on earth happened? Well, okay, I'll take I it. I'll take say, it from the. I've um, not heard this story yet. 
No, you're you're being treated to this for the first time. Um, so what happened is that normally when it's a long distance away trip like Colchester is, I will go up the day before or stay overnight and then go to the game the following day, which I did last Friday. So I got to uh, the hotel, decided at about eight o'clock Friday night, Friday night I'd be uh, going to get some uh, food. Oh, from yeah. the um, yeah, from just somewhere in inside the town of Colchester. Uh, so a well-known establishment. Possibly, possibly not. I think I was a bit undecided at that time. Oh, right. So yeah. I decided to venture out onto the roads onto the A12. I get up to so the national vehicle on the A12. Yeah, dual carriageway. Get up to the national speed limit, seventy miles an hour, and then all of a sudden my car starts losing power. So that's an alarm bell. That doesn't normally happen. So I'm thinking this isn't quite right here. So I see there's an exit. And this is just as you're actually coming past the stadium itself. So, you know, it's perfect, you know, beautiful irony to this. But mm-hmm. I, I pull off on the junction on the opposite side of the road, which takes you into a McDonald's car park. So I pull up in the car park. Other fast food restaurants yeah, are available. Of course. Stop, ignition off, and then all of a sudden a load of steam starts coming out of the bonnet. Are we and talking steam or smoke? It's steam on this occasion, thankfully, because I think smoke would have been altogether more serious. But I'm sat there, you know, of a car clearly, uh, clearly completely broken. Overheating. Overheating in freezing cold weather, wondering what on earth, what on earth am I doing here? So I call the breakdown uh, company, which... Uh, a well-known well one? No, no, it was no, more of a local one. At that time of night, we have no access to my insurance documents to know what cover I had. So um, <laughs> I go... Get the breakdown cover. Uh, breakdown recovery company comes out to me and says it's one of the water pipes in the engine or two. The engine has uh, has split, so no coolant is going in t- into the uh, sort of between the radiator and the engine. So the car is overheated, basically. That's what it is. And they tell me that the only thing they can do is uh, recover me home, which you know, from Colchester to Yeovil at eleven o'clock at night, as it was by the time it's all been diagnosed, it was uh, yeah, not not ideal. But there were problems there. So to cut long stories short there, there were several problems getting for recovery there. So I called that off. But Saturday, which is match day, yeah. I had to find a garage in Colchester to get my car repaired. And by the time it was repaired, well, the game had started. So, you know, that was... Oh, my word. So, so it's the actual, the pain of being in Colchester. Yeah. Knowing your beloved so Green and the playing yeah. across the town. Yeah. And I missed it. That is, I did not realise that you were actually, you were right there. I was there. I left about five minutes into the game because I had to get the car home, first of all, because it was a bit of a temporary repair that was done to it. And, right. uh, and so I couldn't take the risk with a, with the Beast for Me East 2, as it was titled, coming in. Oh, yeah. you know, I couldn't take the risk of uh, getting stranded there, so I had to get get out of there, basically. So... You know, unfortunate for me. Sort of hit Saturday evening. It did, but it it had already hit Colchester. It was was snow on the ground Saturday morning, so you know it was. uh, It really did come in overnight on Friday. You know, it was about twelve degrees when I got there Friday. By Saturday, it was struggling to get above freezing. So you know, it really did come in. But yeah, long story short, I got to Colchester, didn't get to the game. And you won, so you know if any coincidence there, you can work out one out for you, for yourself. But yeah, let's keep you as far away from the, the ground as possible. Yeah, I've already been uh, been told by people close to Yeovil Town that I'm now banned from all future matches. So if our coverage does drastically tail off in the uh, latter weeks of the campaign, then I can't be responsible that for could, that. You know, that it's could out of be my an hands. Yeah, because it, ultimately it could be for the benefit of the team's form on the pitch. Yeah, it could be. So. Uh, 
who knows? But I'm, I'm glad that the team got the job done in my absence and um, it, it really does leave them in a good position going forward into what are two big games over Easter weekend, a home game against Forest Green and then a, a tricky away trip up to Coventry as well. So, um, yeah, it was really, really, uh, really pleasing when I did, um, when I was sort of keeping tabs on Five Live. So, you know, it was really, really pleasing to hear that they'd won the game. And of course, I've... Uh, when I got home, I checked out the highlights, sort of had a look around at what had happened, and it all appears that it was a very good away day performance. And um, although Colchester looked like they probably had the better of a play, you know, Yeovil got the goal and uh, really, you know, defensively were very good, very strong, and deserved their win. Yeah, so sticking with matters on the pitch, moving away from your ordeal on the roads, which does yeah. sound, and I have every sympathy, it sounds very stressful. But another man who might have been stressed at the weekend, Otis Khan. He was dropped, I understand, by Darren Way for the game. Yeah, and I wasn't too surprised when I heard this, to be honest with you, because we'd been speaking to um, to Darren on the Thursday before the game and um, Rhys Brown had come on at Exeter a few days before that as a substitute in place of um, Khan and he had a really, really good end to that game. He created two or three good chances, looked really lively and um, so I think he, he'd done enough to deserve a start. What I'm more surprised about, and of course having not seen the game and how the whole pattern of the game went which I would have expected that Khan would have come on at some point but he stayed on the bench for the whole game but I think it's good that you will have those options because in, in the past they've um, in the past they've had to rely on you know these key players and they've pretty much had to play them no matter what because there haven't been the alternatives or the options there yeah. to come in and change the game and um, and so for, for Reese Brown to come in and um, and all accounts, you know, have a good game and to help Yeovil to uh, to victory. You know, it, it really does bode well for them going forward into the final, um, I think it's nine games of the season now. So, And maybe yeah. for those fans who don't go every week, but they go to the odd home game and they're obviously aware that Khan might have left in the January transfer window. Then there was the saga with the Man United game. Yeah. And his, I guess, you know, just lack of discipline in the match immediately before that. Yeah, the Chesterfield game, yeah. So, so you know, I, I know that we've, we have, you know, fans on this podcast earlier in the season who didn't really forgive him for that. Yeah. What? Where do you think he stands now with the fans? So is, is have his performances dropped off? Does he get less interested? He's not been the same player since he came back from suspension, and there have been some, you know, murmurings on, you know, from from fans on social media that say, you know, is his heart still in it? Has he got his heart set on a move elsewhere? I I I said this um, when I was speaking to Mike last week. I think it's it's unfair to say that because I think he he's always been one of those players who does give a hundred percent. I think it's just one of those things. He's come back. He's not in the form that he was. It's not quite happening for him. And I think that maybe just to have a couple of games, you know, out of the team, give Reese Brown, give Jordan Green the opportunity to play there, you know, give him a chance to go away and reflect on what's perhaps not gone right for him since he came back and then come back for the final few games. And hopefully, you know, he'll rediscover some of that form that made him such a dangerous player in the first half of the season. But, but do you understand those fans, I guess is what I'm saying, because, you know, yeah. he did show a lack of professionalism and, and a bit of selfishness and not really wanting to play for the shirt. Yeah, I think that was a. Um, I, I understand the criticism that Khan took, and you know, I, I was critical of him in the immediate aftermath mm. of it. It was a very silly thing for him to do, but yeah, it was uh, one of those things. I think it happened in the heat of the moment. He did it without thinking, and he had to face the consequences of that. Anyway, I can un- I can understand that. However, I think the way that, well didn't go that far, the apology on social media, yes, I think you know he he put that out there, and I think that. I think he was remorseful for it, but I think there was also the element for the, for the fact that it cost him the chance to play against Manchester yeah. United, which we all knew was, you know, meant so much to him. But I think since um, 
since then, you know, he he was um, he was put up for press a few weeks ago after he came back from suspension. You know, he was asked in quite you know large detail about that incident, about what's happened, what how he coped with the ban and that sort of thing. And he, you know, he, he apologised again. You know, I think he is he is remorseful for what happened, and I think he knows. You know. He knows more than anybody, you know, it would have hurt him more than anybody. Mm. He knows what he did. He knows the effect that it had on him. I think it's unfortunate that that coincided with the speculation that linked him with a transfer away. But it's worth remembering that if Otis Khan had wanted to leave in January, he would have gone because he had offers from three separate clubs yeah. who all triggered his release clause and he turned all three of them down. So I think, you know, he is committed to the Oval Town for the rest of the season. I don't think that's an issue because I think, I think he... It's likely he'll leave in the summer. I think if a right bid from a right club in League One or the Championship comes in for him, then he'll he will go. Mm. But I think it's not the case that he's that desperate to move or he want he's not playing for the club anymore. Because if that was the case, you know there are players out there who, as soon as a bid for a League One club comes in, and Bristol Rovers, we know we know he's one of them. You know a lot of players would have just jumped at the first opportunity, and I think the fact that he didn't shows that you know. Yes, I think that his future long term probably does lie elsewhere, but that he's not, you know, prepared just to use the club as a stepping stone and he's not, you know, he's not looking to get out as soon as he can. I think, you know, he he will move, but only when it's the right thing for him to do for his career. And just before we move on from Khan, I mean, this recent dip in form, has he always been that sort of player where he has purple patches and he does particularly well for a few games and then a bit more quiet? Or? I think this is probably the, the worst run that he's had in the team since he joined. I mean, last year, he had a good first half of the season. He not he didn't hit the heights that he did in the first half of this season, but of course, he suffered an injury in January last year that kept him out for, I think it was about three months. You know, it was a long-term injury. So we didn't quite see the best of him for the remainder of last season, but he, he started the season really, really well. You know, he got some, I think he got three goals in the first three matches. I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong there, anybody who listens back to me later on. But um, he, um, you know, he started really brightly. You know, he, I think he's one of those players that can sometimes be marked out of a game if you've got a, if you've got an experienced defender on him. But I think generally, you know, he's very lively. He's willing to take on his man. You know, he can create something out of nothing. His set piece ability has been there. I think it really has been since that, um, suspension that things haven't quite been working out for him and I think it's probably you know I don't think it's a bad move to leave him out for a couple of games I, I don't think there's an issue with his you know his attitude I don't think that's really you know comes into it I think you know all players will go through bad runs and go through good runs and unfortunately you know the suspension that he did get not only did it rule him out of a Manchester United game and give him a five game ban but obviously it meant that when he came back he obviously has to start from scratch because he would have lost a little bit of his match fitness he you know you can train as much as you like but nothing quite replicates playing matches week in week out and of course he'd had probably about a month out when he came back into the team so um I think that's probably what what it is on this occasion, mm. um, and all Yeovil fans can hope is that you know when he does come back in, and I'm sure that Darren Way will give him another opportunity before too long, that he you know rediscovers that touch that made him such a dangerous player in the first half of the season. And he's certainly a great option to have on the bench, isn't he? Because as you say, Yeovil not used to having such strength and depth yeah. going forward. All right then, so obviously it was a big call for Darren Wade to leave him out, but they got the three points, the 1-0 win away from home, and we're, we're not used to Yeovil winning on the road, so that was great news. And, and the, the wider picture, of course, was that meant that we could feel just that little bit more reassured about the prospect of relegation from the Football League. 
So Yeovil Town are now in 17th position. They've played 37 matches and they've got 42 points. That's in contrast to the bottom two, Chesterfield in 23rd position. They've got a game in hand on Yeovil, but they're in 31 points. So it's a sizable, it's that 11 point gap, isn't it, that we discussed. And then Barnet, yeah, they. I mean, they don't have the game in hand that Chesterfield have. They're rock that said, they have changed their manager this week. They've yeah, brought Martin, Martin Allen back for a fifth spell. I found that yeah. an amazing stat. I know he seems to be Mr. Troubleshooter. It seems every year Barnet find themselves in that position with probably about five, ten, ten games to go where they're in a little bit of trouble. And it seems like the default option is Martin Allen's out of work. We'll bring him back in yeah. and see what he can do. So, so that, I mean, that'll be an interesting one. It's not out of the question for Barnet to get out of that drop zone, is it? But it would be a big ask now with a seven-point gap to the next two teams being Grimsby and Forest Green. I think you're asking a lot for, for results. To Results are going to have to really go against the Oval for them to go down now. I think they're, they're on 42 points now. Is it? That's right, yeah. Yeah, I think they'll probably... I think to be safe, they probably need to get 46, 47. I think that's probably the mark that will mm -hmm. definitely seal it. But they've got opportunities in the games coming up to get there. I think what you're going to need, though, um, is that not only are Colchester or Barnet going to have to produce a, a miracle run along the lines of what Newport did Chester, last year Chester to, Barnett, yeah. Yeah, 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 sorry, Chesterfield and Barnet to um, to get out of trouble. But then you've got the likes of um, Grimsby who have been in free fall since about November. I think they've only got five points in the last 17 games or something like that. You've got Forest Green below Yeovil, you've got Crewe and Morecambe below Yeovil. And so what it's going to take is it's going to take not only Chesterfield or Barnet to really rise up, but it's going to take those teams in between Yeovil yeah. and the bottom two to to all go on good runs, I think, to deny them here. And I think it's hard to see how that will happen. They're not completely safe yet. I, I think they, they still do need to get those, you know, three or four points to get themselves in a much more comfortable position. And I think it's the quicker they can do that, the better. And it means that if they can mathematically secure safety with four or five games to go, then they can really look forward to and just enjoy the last few games and really then turn one item next season which yeah, they haven't always been able to do normally fun. normally you've seen like last season they only secured their survival in the uh, penultimate game I think the year before that it was maybe three or four games before mm. so you really want to be in a position where you don't have to worry about those four games and what you generally find is if you know Yeovil are if Yeovil mathematically secure their place in League 2 next season with say four games to go you may well see a different Yeovil town in those final few games you know and a team playing with freedom and yeah. without the pressure and that would be really good to see if they could do that so I think they I think it's very hard to see them going down but they do still need to just to get those last few points on the board to definitely get themselves over the line It's definitely an interesting picture in the bottom half of League 2 isn't it, it was, especially with that Barnet situation because it almost seems like they've hired Martin Allen to get them out of the conference again because I know he's done that in the past um, yeah, and, and so you know, maybe they'll have an upturn in form, but like you say, I think it would take both amazing runs from Chesterfield and Barnet, and for someone like Grimsby to keep dropping. And we just hope that isn't Yeovil, and it seems unlikely that it's going to be Yeovil. So I guess away from you, you put on the agenda, Stephen. You know, are Yeovil Town safe? And, and we're hopeful that they are. But is Darren Way safe now? That do you think? From you know, is it going to be a good thing? Like you've just said, that if Yeovil secure a couple of results get themselves safe in League 2, then can Darren start planning for the summer? Or is it a case of the club planning who could take I'd over? I'd be very season? surprised. I think as long as the current ownership stays in place, I'd be very, very surprised if there was a change of manager before next season. I think Darren has their support. 
the budget that he's been given is is smaller than it has been in previous seasons, certainly before the cup money came in. I think the board, you know, if, if Yeovil finish 17th, if you consider the Manchester United um, money in the cup run in the FA Cup and the Chaka trade run to the semi-finals there as well, I think the board will be happy with that. I think Darren Way has done a lot of planning for next season already. He's tied down a lot of players onto two-year deals. He extended the contract of Jordan Green in January. He wants you know other players in the squad to sign contract extensions before mm. the end of the season. Like Omar Swoman is one who he's very keen to get tied down as well. And I think that for there is long-term work being put into place by Darren Way and by the board. Um, I think the only only way I can see a change happening there is if there were to be a, a takeover of some sort yeah. and you know there were rumours you know before Christmas that you know this consortium that was looking to hold talks with the club that's gone a little bit quiet in recent weeks but you know things can happen and things can change in football so mm. you know that's always a possibility and then you know if, if new people come in then it comes down to who they want because you quite often see in football if new owners oh, come yeah. in they quite often want to bring, put their own man in there so that would be interesting to see if that's something that could happen but I think as long as the current owners stay in place as long as um, Yeovil finish the season in a relatively comfortable position and you know sort of where they are now I think it's very difficult to see Darren being under much pressure from them at the moment okay. whether whether fans agree with that or not I think that's the situation yeah well that's, I guess in. that's what I was going to be my next question because obviously we know some fans are unhappy with Darren Way and then perhaps another section of fans and I'm sure there's overlap here with some, some fans disliking both the owners and Darren Way or one or the other so if we're assuming and it sounds pretty likely that we're going to have the same owners and the same manager come the summer for Yeovil what is the player situation going to be? Because you've mentioned that it's been financially quite a fruitful season, even Faith. if not in League Two. So they've had the FA Cup boost with Man United. They've had a little run in the Czech trade. You mentioned that earlier that Otis Khan, still quite likely he'll go. I think it's likely, yeah. but he's got the release clause in his contract. So again, and Which I, other I big imagine. names could we be worried about losing? Because we're, we're, what, we're, what we hate, isn't it, I guess, yeah. following you over, is that we know that every summer there's this huge rebuilding job and it feels and, like and, you squander and that I don't group. think will happen this summer okay. because there are 13 players under contract for next season That's there's good. a lot of players who are there and a lot of key players that are under contract for next season too so the likes of Tom James likes of Reese Brown likes of um, Francois Zoko um, Khan technically you can include him because he, he is under contract Jake Gray if he's fit for the start of next season he's on a two year deal then you've got um, Bevis Mugabe's um, under contract um, so yeah, I mean, there are plenty of players there who, you know, have been key players this year who who will be Yeovil Town players at the start of next season, and that's good. I think the, the real player, the, the one area of real concern and of players who are out of contract in the summer is Omar Sawumani. I think he is the one player that Darren Way would be desperate to keep and would really want to tie down to a new deal. He's come in this year, he's come on leaps and bounds, he's been superb in, in defence, and I think he'll only continue to, um, to get stronger. So, He's for one, I think, is most at risk and there was interest in him in January. The good thing for Yeovil, though, is that if he does go, because he's under the age of 24 and Yeovil have helped to develop him, as long as Yeovil offer him a new deal, then they will be entitled to compensation, which yeah. I understand could run to a pretty decent amount for a League 2 player. So I think, from, from Yeovil's point of view, I think they're in a good position and I think they're in a much better position than they have been in either of the last two years and I think that will really help them start next season strongly. I think that if Yeovil can keep that core of players who are under contract, 
in the summer with the exception of Khan, who I think will probably go and then bolster the squad with some a few more loan signings who no doubt will be brought in a few experienced players across the pitch. I think the overall really need to be looking at next season as an opportunity to really challenge and push up the table and even, you know, lay down uh, the aim to go for the playoffs because I think that they can, I think, realistically go for that. If everyone's fit, everyone's firing and the squad is there, there's no reason why they can't at least make an attempt to do that or at least spell out that that is their ambition at the start well, of the I season. Think, I think you're dead right, Stephen, because I feel like <coughs> either in the Football League you're trying to stay safe or you're going for the playoffs. I yeah. don't think there are many teams in between, are there? Because I don't think no. anyone sets out to have a mid-table season as such. No. I think probably you... set out to be clear of relegation Yeah, or you're, or you're trying to push... I think, the you, could have, I think you could have described the aims to be over this season as a mid-table season simply yeah. because of... Uh, but then you're, you're taking that into consideration when you compare it with the previous few years where they've come from a championship yeah. down to League 2. They've struggled the last two years. So... And really, I guess what, what I mean is, it but, on but how the you can only, go, I think you can only ever aim to have one season like that. I think as yeah. long as you have that one year where you do stabilise yourself, then there's no excuse for not having the aim to push on higher but, up. Uh, after yeah, that. I, I guess maybe I'm talking more from a fan perspective then, because I've, uh, when when you aim for even just to have a solid <coughs> season, you as a fan, I think you either end up looking up the table towards the playoffs or you look down. Yeah. So, and, think, and obviously this season has been a season where as fans of Yeovil we've been thinking well, how, yeah you've you been know, sort of you have been gap? looking down facts um, whereas if you're in the mid table but you're like oh we're only 8 points off the playoffs yeah. or, or 10 points off the playoffs even you, the longer that goes on obviously the more you start looking the other way but let's hope that next season is one where Yeovil are looking up rather than down um yeah, I guess, to, so we've been talking about personnel then, selection, I guess. Another one that's been interesting lately has been the goalkeeping situation. Yeah. Because Yeovil, arguably at the moment, three different players who could be a number one. Um, tell us about the Stuart Nelson situation, Stephen, and why you were hinting that you think could be Chris Yack's time to step aside maybe and hand over the number one jersey. Yeah, well, first of all, there's no slight at all on Arthur Krizyak. I think he's been very unlucky with the injury that he sustained. Of course, he did it. He um, suffered a knee injury at Crewe, which has ruled him out for the season. And possibly, you know, my understanding is he could even be struggling to make the start of next season with that. And of course, what Yeovil did to cover for that is they brought in Stuart Nelson, former Gillingham keeper, very experienced on a free transfer. And he got his chance at Exeter, who he replaced Johnny Madison. And, you know, he put, pulled off a good save there that helped Yeovil get a 0-0 draw. Gets another start at Colchester and, of course, saves a penalty early on, which is crucial mm. in, you know, determining the course of a match, pulls off two or three other key another saves. Key. And, you know, he, he's come in and he's made a really, really good impact. And it's not just, I don't think it's just the, the performances, but also it's the experience and the leadership that he brings to the team as well. Now, he's only on a contract at the moment until the end of the season, but we've spoken to Stuart Nelson at you know, press conferences post-match and he's made no secret of the fact that he wants to stay at Yeovil long-term. He doesn't just want to come in as a stopgap measure. Mm. He wants to earn a contract for next year and based on his performances so far, if he keeps them up, there's no reason why he won't get a new deal. And of course, that then gives Darren Way a bit of a problem because you've got Arthur Krizyak out of contract in the summer, potentially not fit for the start of next season and do you then spend... You know, what's uh, by Yeovil standards, you know, quite a large part of your playing budget on offering a deal to Arta Krizyak when you've got a player in Stuart Nelson who has shown that he can do just as good a job from what we've seen of him so far. You know, it's a, it, it would be really, you know, tough on Arta to find himself around a club because I, I do think he is a good goalkeeper. He's, of course, he, he, he can be prone to the odd error, but I think some of the criticism 
that he's directed towards him sometimes is a bit unfair because he, he is a good goalkeeper on the whole at League 2 level. But I think he's in one of those situations where Stuart Nelson has come in and done so well that I don't think Yeovil can afford not to keep him on and offer him a deal. I have to say, Meg, a very, it's a very strong argument, Stephen, because... Yeah, I mean, on the occasions I've watched Yeovil this season, Chris Jack's made some pretty high-profile <coughs> errors. I mean, I agree with your overall assessment. He can be fairly solid. But the errors he has made this season will stick in fans' minds, won't they? I, I saw him in the Checker Trade game against Fleetwood. It was a huge error, which kept yeah. almost... Yeah, of course, Chesterfield, where he came charging out. Yeah. And um, and that's what all the yeah. fans were saying to me in the stand that day. They're saying, yeah, that's another one. He's yeah. done the same. I think Forrest Green was another one. He dropped the ball into the net, I think. There. Yeah, so and at, the, at the end of the day, as solid as you are the rest of the time, as a goalkeeper, yeah. I suppose that's the moment you're judged on. And the other thing I like about your argument about Stuart Nelson is that Johnny Madison... What we've seen that he's a very promising keeper, but younger, yeah. isn't he? So to have the, yeah. the experience of Nelson alongside Madison yeah. would probably help both And I players. think this is, this is an interesting one with Madison as well, because this is his second year that he's had to play second fiddle, and mm. he didn't get any football at all before Krizyak got injured. And you know, I understand he was quite frustrated about that. You know, Darren Way's come out and said that you know, he's been banging on his door asking him to play. Yeah. So... The, the thing is, Madison's under contract for next season, but of course, you could always find it, it. You know, is Johnny Madison wanting to spend a third season sat on the bench? That could be a way that Krizyak gets a reprieve. They could offer him a deal and then have Krizyak and Nelson fight it out. But but I think if you know if Madison's happy to stay for another year, I think it could easily be a situation where Darren Way's forced to pick between mm. them. And based on what we've seen from Nelson so far, you know, you can't. You can't release Stuart Nelson based on the performances he's put in. They've just been too solid. And providing he keeps that level of performance up over the rest of the season, then, you know, Yeovil will have a very, very good goalkeeper, but also a very experienced head and a very calm head in their squad as well, which could prove invaluable next season. And we've discussed that on the podcast, haven't we? A lack of experience and just yeah. age. And, and that's, why I, that's why I didn't disagree with the decision to drop Madison. I thought, yeah, I don't think he did an awful lot wrong in the games that he did play, but... When you look at the way Yeovil played against Newport and the way that they played um, in the games before that, um, Carlisle and the other one, is it, they, they really did lack experience and they, they, were, they were lacking that that presence, you know, that, mm. that presence at the back, you know, either in goal or in defence to really calm things down. It's a very young um, back five that Yeovil had there, um, with the exception of Ryan Dixon. So I think, you know, it... It did help to bring Nelson in just for his experience, and I think that you know they've been vindicated in doing that because they've got two clean sheets and four points from the two games that Nelson has played. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I hate to say it, I think it might be from that argument. I would say bye bye Arta because you know Johnny Matt. Ultimately, you would want to prepare the next guy to take on the mantle, I guess. And what would be great about the Stuart Nelson situation is you could have him next season, and then maybe yeah. Madison would be more content being back up to him because he I, knows the following yeah. season he might be number one. I could potentially see a situation where Madison is possibly loaned out to a team in the conference because I understand yeah. you can you can loan players out into the conference because Steve Phillips, who's the goalkeeping coach, he's I think he's thirty eight, who has played he's played five hundred games in the football league before. Yeah. He has um Yeah he's been on the bench. Yeah, he's been on the bench a few yeah. times. So you could see a situation potentially where you have Nelson as your number one, Madison is your number two but out on loan in say the National League. And then yeah. if something were to happen to Nelson you could recall Madison and put him in goal. So yeah. there there are there are areas of flexibility there. So like it would be it would be Madison, very interesting yeah. to see how that one were to pan out alright then well that's a fascinating debate and do uh, get in touch with Somerset Live if you've got an opinion on it because yeah like I say go to somersetlive.co.uk forward slash sport that's where all our Yeovil content is 
follow this podcast on Audio Boom. But before we move on to talk about Yeovil's kit for next season and Stephen's own creative design, so what he thinks it should have been, we're going to have a quiz. Now, Stephen, just before we go into the quiz, remind our listeners why Yeovil don't have a match this weekend because there's an international break for most clubs. Normally, someone yeah. of Yeovil's stature wouldn't be involved. No, but on this occasion, Yeovil, you know, they, they have... Uh plethora of international call-ups because they've had Rhys Brown and I want to mention Rhys Brown because he scored for Antigua in a 3-2 win against uh, Bermuda last night so really good congratulations to him for his first international goal so great news there and of course they have Dennis Mugabe who's in the Uganda squad Corey Whelan and Sean Donnellan are in the Republic of Ireland under 21 squad and um, and then you've got um, Tom James, who is on standby for the Wales under-21 squad as well. So five players potentially unavailable to Yeovil. And it means their trip to Accrington, which um, was due to take place on Saturday, has now been postponed until April the 17th. So it gives Yeovil a nice week off. And um, I guess you know, the advantage of that is it's, time, it's an opportunity for them to rest up and mm. get some extra training in before what is a big game against Forest Green on Good Friday. Is that a huge... It is, yes. So, so that'll, that'll be, be a, a big ho- Easter game. Yep, hopefully a big crowd as well with the bank holiday and with uh, people back for Easter as well. So we'll be looking forward to that one. All right then. So in light of that international break, and as we've explained, it's just me and Stephen this week. So this is just a test of Stephen's knowledge and also whether he can protect you listeners from the loud buzzer, which I will honk if he, if he gets a question wrong. And because of the international break, my questions are all connected to Gary Johnson's time as manager of Latvia. Oh, my word. So the first question. Johnson managed Latvia for a two-year spell, but between which years? Right, OK. So I'm going to have a guess. It was, very, it was shortly before he became the overall town manager that he was in charge of it. So I'm going to say... 1999 to 2001. That is correct. I will put the honker down. I've saved you for now. Stay at execution. One question down. One question right to Stephen Delbiak. So Johnson is credited, by Wikipedia at least, with spotting two players with Premier League potential while Latvia boss named them. I hope you're going to say name one of them because I know... Yeah, I knew you'd know one. Well, Marion Bahars is going to be one, isn't it? Marion Bahars is indeed one. I'm going to have to go with the one sort of Premier League Latvian around that year that I know. Is it Igor Stepanov? Correct. Wow. There you go. I thought the second one was going to stump you. But just like your Harry Potter knowledge, your football knowledge is good. Famous last words. Third third question. Gary Johnson recommended Pahars to which Southampton manager? Right. Okay. We're talking 99 here, aren't we? So... I'm going to apologise in advance because I don't think I'm going to get this. Could but be on its way. 99, that would have been around the time of, of Dave Jones, wouldn't it? I put the honker down. It's correct. Three out of three, Dave Jones was Southampton manager. I knew those, those uh, days spent watching Premier League years would uh, yeah, come and handle one day. That's who Gary Johnson apparently spoke to and said, look, this lad is worth signing for Southampton. Now, Stepanos. Building for which Arsenal player for Arsene Wenger? Resigned for just over a million pounds. What do you mean, which player at Arsenal did he replace? Yeah, sorry, so this player was injured. He's an Arsenal player. Right. An Arsenal stalwart, shall we say. Okay. He was injured and that prompted Arsene Wenger to go into the transfer market right. and get Stepanov. I'm just going to say Tony Adams. There. Oh, he's, he's right again, four out of four. Yeah. So the honk still 
won't ring through your ears, listeners. How long have you? How long have I got? There to are three survive? more questions okay. to survive. The next two are both true or false questions, so it's a good ratio. True or false? Stepanov scored on his Arsenal debut against Ipswich. Well, bearing not, in mind, we've already established he's a centre back. I've got no idea, but um, I'm just going to say true. It's correct. Five out of five for Stephen Dalbiak. True or false? Stepanovs was born in the town of Ogre, spelt O-G-R-E, like the giant. Brilliant. Brilliant. True or false is that? I think it's a great name, but I'm going to say false. So Stephen Dalbiak has said false. The question was whether Igor Stepanovs, the Latvian and then Arsenal centre-back. And by the way, he's, he's now coach of Latvians under-17s. Yeah. Just in case you're wondering what he's doing. But when he was born, he was born in the town of Ogre. So that's your first honk. One question left. After okay. Latvia, Johnson, of course, had his first spell of Yeovil and sort of got himself into the history books at Yeovil Town. I wouldn't hesitate and call him a legend, personally. He's a legend at Yeovil. I think that's very fair. In the summer of 2005, though, he had an approach from a championship club and he turned it down. Which club? So before he went to Bristol City? Correct. Yes, I believe that was Derby County. Correct. So only the one honk listeners. Stephen Dalbiak got six out of I seven. I tried my best. I'm sorry for that, guys. That's Anyone... not a bad effort. That is not a bad effort. Anyone offended by any sound effects there? Complaints to Loom Trim, please. So I'll uh, re-zoom out at the end for yeah, you. It's a fun little honker. I tried not to. I could have honked it harder, but I didn't want to hurt your ears, guys. So, All right. Let's just, before we wrap up this week's episode... We're just going to briefly discuss uh, the football kit, weren't we, for next season. So the club, Yeovil Town, have been given, giving the fans online a chance to vote for three different options. Is that right? Yep, Stephen's three not options. been particularly impressed with any of the options. So he's been coming up with his own jazzy designs. And as I've pointed out to him, this is a podcast. We don't have pictures. So we're going to have yeah. to try and describe to listeners what it is that you've rustled up. Well, what I'm going to start with saying is that I, I don't have a problem with a couple of the designs. I, I think that I, for those of you who know, for those of you who have voted, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to have to assume that you've seen these kits that have been put out to vote for. But the first two kits, I don't mind, but they're not Yeovil kits. I think they've got far too much white on them. They don't really have the level of green that I would want from a Yeovil kit. And then option three, which I don't think is too bad, but I think is the one you know that I would go for if you're voting for a, what is a Yeovil kit. But I, I don't really, and I'm not a fan of the pattern. I think the stripes on the shoulders, they don't really look very nice. So what I what I think, you know, for a Yeovil kit needs and what I what I would call for, but I would, I'm not going to petition for it because it's going to be fundamentally useless. We know what the designs are for next season. You know, this is just me. But if I was designing Yeovil Town's kits, I think it's time Yeovil went back to a full green kit like they had in their conference days or, you know, predominantly green. You know, the hoops, I've I've been a fan of the hoops over the years, but they're not traditional Yeovil Town colours. You know, traditional was, you know, for the kits to be much more green, you know. And I think it would be it'd be really nice, particularly, this is now 15 years since Yeovil won the conference, for, to to go back to, to wow, a fully green a kit. Yeah. 
So that's what I think Yeovil should do. So and one that's of what them I you wrestled up as sort of a mostly green shirt with a sort of dappling of spots. Difficult to explain, but yeah, you see so, on a lot of kits now. Sort of yeah, and I will be style. uploading these to the Somerset Live website as a few you know, alternatives of what I should think. Yeah. And, you know, you can very quickly, you can let me know what you think. You can say you love them. You can very quickly put an end to my career in graphic design or whatever, or, you know, costume design or whatever. But I've, I've come up with three options here, thanks to uh, a, um, a website which lets you design kits and... Um, so yeah, you've got the um, you've got the full green kit, which sort of then fades into a bit of a sort of a black pattern as you go down with white trim. So it's sort of a bit of a play on the conference wing kit because that had black trim and white sleeves. Right. I think it was on there. Um, and then you've got a um, you've got a fully green kit with like a white sash going down yeah, as well. Like so that one. Bit, a bit of a different so the pattern. Diagonal, just one stripe. But it's a diagonal sort of slash, and it's a, yeah, it's a bit different. Yeah. yeah, and for those of you when you see it, I don't actually intend a, a sort of a hidden 11 to be in the kit. That's only there because I couldn't get rid of it on the uh, on the website. So, you know, do block that out when you see it. But it's nice because it still hints at the white and the green. And yeah. I, I did and like I think that one. Yeah. It's good. And a third one, which I know you weren't a fan of at all, is to have a predominantly green kit, but then have like a white, a singular white hoop across the middle yeah, there, like which... That. I'll be honest, I picked two as well because it's very convenient for the um, placement of a sponsor logo and commercial considerations would <laughs> have to take effect. Right. But what I've also done is I also mocked up an away kit, which you say you, you did you did like, which yeah, is a, yeah. it's a white kit, but then has the same fade as the, the green kit I've mocked up. And I know this probably sounds really confusing to you when you can't, <laughs> when you can't see, see them. It, yeah. But it, it starts off you know, fully white, but then sort of fades into a bit of a green pattern as you go down yeah. the shirt. Greens. And I think it's... Spots yeah, but yeah. there's little enough green that I think you'd be able to get away with using that as an away kit um, alongside yeah. uh, a green I'd, home kit. I do so. like that one, Stephen. I, I do recommend if you're listening and you're yeah. baffled, go on. They Somerset will be Live. if they haven't been uploaded by the time you're listening. They will be uploaded to the Somerset Live website, and you can let me yeah. know what you think of them. You can absolutely tear my design skills to shreds. I won't mind. You know, I'm not. You know, it's just a few things I've rested up. But also, I'll put the link to um, the website that I used to design the kits in myself i'll put the link up into the article as well so if you want to mock up some of your own and send them in to me then uh, yeah. or send them in to us then uh, please do send I think suggestions be into us and, good. and into the club why but not think, hey what i'm trying to get at is i think it's time i, I think it there is you know the opportunity and i think it's time that we, it would be nice to see over go back to a fully green kit even if yeah. it's just as a one-off for a one season thing i think you know it'd be it would be quite nice to see him go back it'd be a little bit retro it'd be a little bit you know of a a trip back to the past really and uh, I don't think there are many fans who would disagree with that if they did come out with a fully green kit or predominantly green kit yeah. and the hoops and were temporarily you know, you've tried to nod to the past whilst using some sort of modern twists yeah so yeah it's, I, it's, it's a fun thing to have a play with especially if you're a big fan of Yobletown uh, right okay so obviously that's been a bumper episode thanks for sticking with us if you're still listening but just before we go in the international break no Yeovil game Nope. Not nope. much football, really, apart from the internationals, which we know when it's friendlies can be a bit of a pain. What are you, Stephen, going to be doing in, the, in a weekend without football? Well, I'm going to take the opportunity. There's not much football going on, but I always, when I get a rare Saturday off, I do enjoy you know having a quick uh, watch of Soccer Saturday because, you know, it was a bit of a rite of passage. You went for a 
as a student to do that. So well, yeah, I'll enjoy a bit of Jeff and the boys. And um, of course, you know, away from football, you know, I'm a huge uh, motorsport fan and it's the start of a Formula One season this weekend as well. Oh, so I'll be uh, I'll be tuning in and hoping that uh, it's not going to be another year of Mercedes domination. But I do suspect I'll probably be disappointed about that. But yeah, plenty of other things to do this weekend and um, hopefully a chance to you know, recharge your batteries and come back on Good Friday where hopefully we see Yeovil put in a good performance against Forest Green. All right. Well, yeah, thank you very much for listening. I'll be trying to enjoy the weekend, even without the Oval Town match as well. Have you got any plans, Sven? Oh, I'll just be getting out and about in the green and pleasant land that is the United Kingdom, I imagine. What more could you want? What more could I want? So, yeah, do go to somersetlive.co.uk. Uh, you should be able to find our sport coverage there, not just of Yeovil Town, but we've branched out into Bath Rugby, you will notice. So do try and enjoy that. Um, but in the meantime, all I have to say for now is goodbye. Thanks for your time. Twee gig data met een 0 minuten bel- en sms-bundel voor maar 9 euro per maand. Omdat het kan. Check tele2.nl voor de beste deal voor jou. Niet omdat het moet.